John chapter 15 tonight, as I was looking at this, this is the I am. John chapter 15, verse number 1, I am the vine, true vine, and my father is a husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you'll cling through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it bide in the vine. No more can ye except, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abideth not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and he is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burnt. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Boy, that's a, that's a twofold thing right there. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord. Help us tonight, Lord, and we just praise you for what you do. Touch each heart here tonight, Lord, and we just give you the glory and honor in all things. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. This is the seventh of the sayings of Christ in the Gospel of John. The seven I am's. He started in John, in John chapter 6 when he said, I am the bread of life. Uh, John chapter 8, he said, I am the light of the world. John chapter 10, he said, I am the door. And then he said, I am the good shepherd. Then he said in John chapter 11, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. In John chapter 14, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And here we come to John chapter 15, I am the true vine. Jesus is once again making a profound statement. If you don't get anything out of these series, if you don't get anything out of what I preach out of these seven I am's, please get this. It doesn't matter what you put after I am. He's the great I am. He's the great I am. He still is. He always has been. He will always be the great I am. So whatever you want to attach to I am, Jesus is that. It doesn't matter if you're hungry. He is the bread of life. It doesn't matter if you're walking in darkness. He said, I am the light of the world. It doesn't matter if you have lost your way. He is the door. It doesn't matter if you're strayed. He is the good shepherd. It doesn't matter if you're dead and trespassing sins. He's the resurrection and the life. He is the truth, the way, and the life. He is just what I need when I need it every time I need it. Amen. I want you to see this picture here. In verse 1 when Jesus said, I am the true vine and my father is the husband. Now the husband was the one that owned the vineyard. He owned the vineyard. And the Father is the one that owns it all. God, God owns everything. God owns this earth. God owns the heavens and stars and moon. God, God got, got it all. The Bible said the earth is his footstool. He owns everything. He created it. The Bible said that he is the owner. 
I want to tell you this. This is not the devil's day. This is God's day. This is the day the Lord has made, and I'll rejoice and be glad in it. I'll tell you the reason why the sun rose this morning, because God told it to get up. Because he's still on the throne. When Jesus is a true vine, that means everything that has life and gives life comes through Jesus Christ. We see the, the picture of it. And we see the pruning. He said, in every, every branch that abideth not in fruit, he take away. Every branch that beareth not a fruit, he'll take away. There, there's a pruning process. And the reason there is a pruning process is the Father takes away the dead branches that are in him that are dead. And they're not connected to the vine they're not producing. There's no longer life in them. And God takes them away and takes away the deadness and stops the decay. You may be sitting here and you've been saved, but you realize that God is doing some pruning in your life, getting some things out of your life that doesn't need to bear. I don't know if you've ever gone through a pruning with God. I've gone through them. Uh, things in my life that got into my life and God said no they, they've got to come out and God starts pruning on them and, and, and let me tell you what it, just like I did today I've done some pruning today you've got to cut some dead stuff out of your life if you're planning on bearing some fruit then there's got to be some dead stuff got cut out of your life and that's what God does he prunes that dead stuff out that stuff that caused decay and rot and God wants to get them out of you There are those that believe that they can live for God and do whatever they want to do. If you're born in the family of God, he begins to cut that deadness away. And the reason why, he, he, he wants that corruption stopped in your life. He wants us to get, give us the fullness of Christ in the Christian life. There's going to be some pruning. In your Christian walk. There's going to be some purging in your Christian walk. Every branch that bears fruit, he purge it, that it may bring forth more fruit. We, we understand why he pruned a branch that is dead, so that, uh, that when he purged a branch that is all, already producing fruit, he tells us why it is for development. Why, so when we bring forth more fruit, God wants more. God don't want you just sitting down and producing what you produce. But God says, "There's an, that's, I got to get some pruning going in your life and purging going on in your life that you bear more fruit." Yeah. He said, "Bring forth more fruit." You see, God is not just satisfied with us being saved or having a good testimony. I was once lost, but now I am found. But thank God he wants more fruit in our lives. So what is God saying? Now that the Holy Spirit is living inside of you, I'm going to cut away the deadness. I'm going to cut away that world from you. I'm going to cut away that flesh from you. Those things in your life that's not bearing fruit for God, God's going to get cut out of you. I'm going to purge some things out of you. 
so that you may bear more fruit. Yeah. And we don't like to suffer, amen? I don't know about y'all, but I don't. But out of suffering comes fruit. Sometimes only fruit can bear from suffering. We don't like trials or troubles that come into our life. And I'm not signing up for it. If you're praying it for me and ain't pleased, that's your problem. But I know that tribulation worketh patient, the Bible said. They come into our lives and you ask God, why do you allow this to come on top of me? God tells us it's for development, for our good and His glory. I don't always understand the will and the plan of God, but I do know there will be fruit that remains there as a purging process so that we may bring forth more fruit. That's just good stuff. Amen. Telling God, hey, Purge me. Get rid of the stuff in my life that don't need to be there and I want to uh, bring forth more fruit. This and out of seven I am's, I think I try to get a hold of this more because this is telling us that we have to be attached to God. The other ones you can receive something of God and God does something for you. But this one right here, I am the vine. You're the branch. That means you've got to be attached to Him. We see the promise in verse number 3. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. You know what Christ does in this text for us? He takes us back to the word of God. Everything in our life goes back to the word of God. Everything that we have, everything that we believe, we, it must be built on the word of God. Romans 10, 17. So when faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We must go back to the Word of God. Psalm said, uh, uh, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Why is it we need the Word of God in our lives? It's so that we can be clean. The Word of God will cleanse you. It'll cleanse your mind. It'll cleanse your heart. It will cleanse your body. It will direct you. It will put you out in the right path that God wants you on. I am thankful for the Bible. I love my Bible. You didn't come here to hear me. You come to hear, thus saith the Lord. Bible preaching will always help you. Paul said, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Rebuke, report, uh, rebuke and reprove and exhort with all long suffering." And for doctrine, for the time will come, they will not endure sound doctrine. We are living in those days today. I want to say we may be living in a time people has rebuked the word of God. They're not enduring sound doctrine. But I want to say I'm going to raise my hand. And stand with the crowd that says, thank God for sound doctrine. Thank God for the Bible preaching. It's not time to back up and get silent on the word of God. It's time to stand on the doctrine of God. The word of God. We are Baptist Bible believing church. Amen. 
There are those today in the Baptist world that are trying to uh, uh, eliminate that word Baptist from their church. Uh, it used to be uh, a so-and-so Baptist church, but now you got this church and you find a little bitty line down there that says Baptist. People don't want you to know that you're Baptist because when you say you're Baptist, that means you're held to a standard that God has set up. Uh, I'm not some community. I'm not some outcast. I'm, I'm standing on the Word of God and I believe in the Baptist way. There, there should be some conviction in your life about what we believe and what we stand on and how we conduct ourselves. Jesus gave us this promise that the Word of God will help you. It will make you clean. Then we see the priority in verse 4. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it bide in the vine. No more can ye except ye bide in me. Jesus said in verse 5 again, I am the vine and you are the branches. He's emphasizing the vine and branches. He's, he is the vine and then the branches. The father is the husband. And he emphasizes in verse 4, 5, 6, and 7, we are to abide in him. So what does that mean to a Bible, uh, to abide in Christ? What does that mean to abide in Christ? That means to remain in fellowship with him. Just like the branches abide in the vine. Not only we have a relationship, we're born in the family of God, we have that relationship, but we're to have a fellowship with God. Greatest thing as a Christian and we can do is to make sure that, I, that we have fellowship with Christ Jesus. That we have that personal walk with Him. Getting that connection to Christ. That is the most priority thing that we can have as a born-again Christian. Being connected, having fellowship with Christ. Amen. And there's the connection. We see the connection. Abide in me and I in you. Now that you're saved, you're connected with him. That is why when we, uh, the word of God is preached, there's, there's a connection. If you're saved uh, because the Spirit of God that resides inside of you, so you connect to the Word of God, Christ said, Abide in me, and I'll abide in you. Christ said, They, they that abide in me. That means if we want to have the fellowship with Him, we have to do some things. You read your Bible, do you spend time in prayer? When, listen to this. I want you to get this. When we pray, we talk to God. But when you read the Bible, God talks to you. In order for God to speak to you, then you must get into His words. Your devotional time is not my devotional time. God has an individuality. He deals with you and on you. He deals with me on me. What I do, you don't do. What you do, I don't do. God deals with each one of us on a level that we need to be dealt with. But He has that personal time with each and every one of us. God will develop your walk. 
You'll develop my walk. Just look around. We're not robots. We're not robots. We're not carbon copies of each other. We're all different. And God deals with us differently. God's got a plan for you. God's got a plan for me. Sometimes they run together, but sometimes they don't. God's directing our life. But everything we do, we do it for the glory of God. Everything we do it for the glory of God. So we have that connection with God. We're attached to Jesus Christ. Are you abiding in Him tonight? Are you staying connected to Him tonight? Did you abide in Him last year? Was you connected to Him last year? Did you read your Bible every day? You know why people get out of church? Not because of sin, obviously, but they get disconnected from Christ. I don't want to beat you up. There are people sitting in church today, they're going through all the motions. They're doing this. They, they're going through everything. They're reading the Bible. They come to church. They sing the songs. But they have missed the mark. Because they think the church is going to carry them through. There, there's been some people that have sat under preaching all their lives. There have been some preachers that preached the Word of God for many years in their life. They stood in the pulpit and proclaimed the word of God. And yet still they can get wrecked in sin. Their lives get messed up because they got disconnected from God because they're relying on things. They're just going through the motions. You could be sitting here right now and be getting disconnected from God. Can I say this? You can get connected again. Just, just like when we came over here Sunday morning H.C. and I did, and I looked around on the floor and after all we've gone through last week, and I said, man, this floor is a mess. So I had picked it up, and I start to vacuum clean, and H.C. come in. He said, well, let me do that. So he done it, but he only got so far, and the cord stretched. You got to stop. Vacuum cleaning works good when it's connected to the power. But as soon as you disconnect that vacuum cleaner, it don't do nothing within itself. Exactly. If you're not connected to him, there's no power in you. You can I, I love that. That's what we're going to be on Sunday. You cannot do anything without him. And what he's telling us, in order for you to stay connected, in order for you to have the power, you must abide in him. Well, we couldn't get so far with the vacuum cleaner, so we had to go get an extension. There may not be no power in that vacuum cleaner, but it has some powers in them outlets right there. You don't believe me, get you a piece of metal and run it up in there and find out. It'll show you there's power in that outlet right there, amen? And that's exactly what God says. You're, you're something that needs to be connected to me in order to receive the power. And as soon as you get disconnected, the devil will tell you, you can't get right with God again. You can't get right with God. You are a failure. He tells all of us of that. And I'm not going to stand here and tell you I have been successful. I have succeeded 
that would be prideful. I have missed the mark a lot. Have you ever felt like you've read your Bible enough? You ever felt like you prayed enough? You ever felt like you were a failure last year? That's because you got disconnected. But good news, you can get plugged back in. Just like a vacuum cleaner without the power, it can get plugged back in. There's no power within yourself. Christ said ye can do nothing without him. You must be connected. In order to walk through this world and do what God wants you to do, you must be connected to him. You must abide in him. And there is a cause. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself except you abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. Do you know why we need to be plugged in? You can't be the husband that you needed to be. You can't be the wife that you need to be. You can't be the young people that you need to be. Unless you're plugged into him. I, I cannot be the preacher that I need to be for you unless I'm plugged into him. I'm getting into him. That's the cause. Because he's the branch. And we have to be plugged into him. The vine. I cannot be the Christian we are supposed to be and have fellowship if we're not plugged into God. Listen, the devil will try to tell you that you can get anything right for so many years uh, and you can do it right, do this right, do that right, and, and everything be all right. I can't even do it a single day. I can't get it all right in one day. I can't get it right. I will not get it right every day. I can't do that. If we all just get it that right, just a little bit, I've I, I, I dot every I and crossed every T. I have fellowship with God. I never had a day in my life where I got everything right. I've never had a day where I dotted the I and crossed the T. But there's been days I've looked up and said, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. I do it just about every day. Lord, forgive me. Lord, I am a failure. Forgive me. I'm sorry that I disappointed you. Forgive me. Lord, I've got this done, but I have to be honest, I didn't get that done. None of us get it right every day. And the devil will beat you upside your head and try to tell you, you didn't get that right, you didn't do that right, and that God, ain't, you're not plugged in. Let me just say that, that is a lie hatched out of hell itself. You're a child of God. Sometimes we get disconnected, but we can get connected back into that power source. Thank you, Lord. And I love this. Just when I fail, when I, I, I stumble, he shows up all the time. He's there for me. 
and God ain't saying, I'm going to kick you to the side. I'm going to leave you alone. God says, I'm watching you. I'm with you. And when you do stumble and fall, I will be there to pick you up. I can't survive without him. I can't live without him. Looking as a branch, I cannot survive without the vine. I may come up short. I'm not going to do everything right. But I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. Because this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. If you don't believe me, ask my wife. I am going to cling to him from here to the grave. I'm just going to hold on to it. He's the best thing in my life. At the end of the day, it's not what I've done, but everything he's done through me. We find the completeness in here. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. I've latched on this last seven words. It's, it's just weighing hard on my heart. For without me, ye can do nothing. Amen. Yep. You know, when we fail God, it does not surprise Him. It doesn't surprise God. Don't let the devil and your flesh beat you up when you fail God. It does. They do that. Just don't let the devil say, you're not measuring up to the word of God. You're not everything you ought to be. You're doing everything what God has told you to do. We're going to fail God, but you stay connected. I'm telling you how to get, stay connected every morning, your day. When you get up in the morning, spend a little time in the Word of God. Spend a little time with Jesus. Walk with Him. Ask Him for help. Get connected. And whenever good things happen in your life, that's the completeness of God, what He does through us. But Catch this last part here, the castaway. How do you become a castaway? If a, man, if a man abide not in me, he's cast forth as a branch and is withered. And man gather them and cast them in the fire that they are Now, this is not talking about loss of salvation. This is talking about the loss of war rewards. Because the loss of fellowship, this is so important, get this, because of that loss of that fellowship you have of God, I, I don't want to be a castaway this year. I, I don't want to disappoint God, but I know I'm going to disappoint Him. I, I know I'm not going to do everything right. 
but I know he cares for me. I know he loves me. If God lets us live through 2024, what a, hmm, I don't know when you think about that one. I'll still be sitting in church. I'll still be behind the pulpit if possible. I want to stay with God. That, that's the whole point of the thing. Be, being connected. There, there's a lot of things that we need to connect to, but I got to think about this, and I got to think about these young people in here. Uh, I, I got it looking, and somebody said something about a study, and so I went over and tried to find a study. Back in the 20s, anybody here were born in the 20s? Right that was the worst generation there was. They called it the great generation. Every generation has its own term. I, I am a, what you call a baby boomer. <laughs> then you got the generation X. And then you got these, all these other generations. You got the millenniums. You got all these generations. And what they've done, they've done a study on all the generations that served God, that believed God, walked with God. And back in the 20s, what they called the greatest generation was 59% of people believed in God, walked in God, served God, and went to church. It was the Paul thing. But as it got older, generations got older and older, and the millennium generation, it dropped down to 35 I mean, not millennium, but the uh, baby boomers, it dropped down to 35%. Millenniums is at 29%. Generation X is at 12%. And I, and I went on and I found this. I'm going to read this to you. I just want to read this to you and then we'll go home. I, I, I want to read it to you. Teenagers, they are the most non-Christian generation. In American history. As four out of 100 teens hold a true biblical worldview, and one out of every eight teens identify as a non heterosexual. A new survey released by one of the nation's leading evangelical polling firm has found uh, the Bonner Group announced Tuesday its findings that Generation Z, the culture believes, and motivations shaping the next generation, sponsored by the Georgia-based Impact 360 history. They discovered generations born from 1999 to 2015 identified themselves as agnostics, atheists, or of non-religious affiliation. That's the group that's born from 1999 to 2015. They say 35% consider themselves atheists or agnostics or not affiliated with any religion. 30% of Generation X and 20%, 26% of baby boomers said the exact same thing those days. Generation Z is, the, is a different because they have come up in a post-Christian, post-modern environment where many of them have not been exposed to any Christianity, any church, any preaching, any praying. 
That, that, that's where we live. That's the problem with the generations we have now. They're not being induced into the Word of God, the Word of God, the practice of God, a walking with God, and they feel they've got it right. They can do what they want. That's where we're at in the world today. It's so important that we stay connected that the generations coming now, they can see that something is different. I don't know what it is, what's going to happen. Uh, it said the study also found that just four out of ten generations, Z, teens, agreed that the Bible is totally accurate in all principles and teaches. Meanwhile, 61% of church teens today agree that the Bible is totally accurate in some principles, but not in everything. That's where we're at today. Importance of being connected to the Word of God, walking in the Word of God, is because these young people need to see it. Amen. They need to know it. Yes, sir. It's important they know that what, what, I, what I say, what I experience, what I, it's real to me. It's not some made up clown suit, but it's real to me. I, I believe in God and I know I, I, I have the uh, uh, power of God inside of me, the Holy Spirit living. It's real to me, but I'm telling you, we're losing teens because mama and daddy is not introducing God to them and they're not telling them about God. They're not getting them to the church because mama and daddy has been taught the same thing. Where will it end when Christ comes back? So that's the point right there. Do you want your child to be a Generation Z, Generation X, non-believer? Because they don't see the power of God in your life. They don't see the power of God in your home life. Well, that's just something they talked about. That's not real. It's real. It is real. Christ came a virgin, born Lived 33 and a half years of life, sinless life, died on the cross, buried in the tomb, third day raised, and he's back to heaven now. That's real. I understand some people, it's hard to believe that, but let me tell you what, when you get born again, you get a hold of that, and the Holy Spirit comes inside of you, you're going to say, you're right, that is real. I don't want to lose the kids, because the kids is where the next generation of the church is going to be at if God tarries. I'm praying another preacher comes out of the kids. I'm praying. Another singer, another missionary. I'm praying. God, send us some people that's willing to get busy for you in these last days we're living in. And it's going to start with these teens. And the teens need somebody they can look up to and say, hey, if it brought mom and daddy through that, it'll take me through that. Got to be connected. You may be disconnected, but let me just say you can't get connected again. God ain't going to cut you off. But there's a reason, the cause, and there's a reason for it because of these kids that we see here. Amen.